Hello, and welcome to Technically Iowa, a podcast highlighting female entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and all-out female rock stars connected to technology in Iowa. I'm your host, Beth Trejo. Today, my guest speaker will be Kate Washett, CEO of Far Reach. We have a great show planned for you today, so let's get started. Welcome, Kate. Welcome to Technically Iowa. Thanks. It's great to be here with you. Well, we're excited to have you today, and let's just start out by telling us a little bit about your story and about your business, how those two kind of got to be. Sure. I started out spending nine years as a developer in a corporate IT department here in Northeastern Iowa, and when I was there, I met a lot of great people and a lot of other great developers, and in 2007, four of those developers and I decided to venture off on our own and start our own company. So our idea at that point was to create a software as a service product in the education industry. And so we spent about a year writing a business plan. We're fortunate enough to get some funding from the state to do some market research. We quit our jobs and started writing and planning out this product all the while at the same time doing some market research, which unfortunately came back and said that though it could be done, it was going to be a whole lot of effort for not a lot of payback. And so we had been doing some consulting work on the side just to bring some cash in and to pay the bills. So we took a pretty hard pivot, not very long into our journey and really became consultants and custom software developers. So fast forward 10 years and we have 20 employees, And we work with a a great group of clients, helping them solve their unique business problems, whether it's eliminating inefficiencies in their business, visualizing data, or helping them better serve their customers. That's interesting. That story is is very kind of parallel to mine. I started about five years ago, only I'm more on the soft side of tech. I started a social media agency in Iowa. And I know just from my experience, people kind of said, you're starting a social media company in in Sioux City, Iowa. Did you get any of that pushback when you first started? Maybe you'd have some challenges just because of the location that you were in? We may have gotten a little bit of that, but I think we were green enough and just didn't know enough about what we were doing to think too hard about the obstacles in our way. We just knew we wanted to do something we were passionate about. And so I think our timing was good. Our timing was bad in terms of our product idea, but it was a good time for us. Even though we were coming up on a recession, we were fortunate enough to, I think, benefit in some ways from that. We really didn't ever think about the fact that we were here in Northeast Iowa in a metro area of only about 100,000. We just knew that we had the right people and the passion for the work that we did that we would figure out how to make it work. I 100% agree. And I I also think that having that community support was something that I had right off the get-go. And I'm sure you can relate of just friends and family. And, you know, it always feels like a small town, no matter where you're at in Iowa, even if there's a larger city, people are willing to help and that mentality and, you know, that willingness to even just connect you to somebody or, you know, to give you support or encouragement, I think made a huge difference. And not saying that I wouldn't have had that in another part of this country, but it definitely was something that I was fortunate to have here in Iowa. Absolutely, 100%. We started our business in an incubator on the campus of UNI, and that was a great way for us to start. It kept our costs down. It got us access to important resources like legal and accounting and 
business strategy. And we were really fortunate to have that kind of support. From early on, we started getting involved in the community uh, just as a way to meet people and hopefully build our business. And we've continued to do that to this day. And we feel like we really need to pay back the support we've gotten from the community. So it's really a you know, it's a two-way street and we feel really good about the community that we're in and we want to support them as much as they've supported us. Love it. And just for our listeners that don't know, um, you're located currently in Cedar Falls, Iowa. That's correct? That's right. Yeah. You talked a little bit about being involved in the community. How have you and your team members kind of got deeper into what's happening there and throughout the state? Well, we're involved locally on a few different levels. We've developed some websites and mobile apps for community events here, like Sturgis Falls, Irish Fest, and we support some local nonprofits through an exchange of service kind of arrangement, through sponsorships of various events, and we like to volunteer as a team a couple of times a year as well. We also are really passionate about the tech community and the startup community. And so several years ago, I worked with TAI and some other local tech leaders to bring Tech Brew to Cedar Falls. And Tech Brew had been going on in Des Moines, I think, for about a year. We just felt the timing was right to bring that format to Cedar Falls. And so since then, Tech Brew is still going strong here. We've got other things like One Million Cups. We've got Agile meetups and other kinds of meetups. And our team stays pretty involved in those things as well. We really like to get out and and talk to people who are not only doing what we're doing, but other people who are doing different things that we can learn from and really just sort of fuel the, the innovation that's happening here in the Cedar Valley. That's fascinating. And, you know, you talk a little bit about being involved as a team. Tell me more about your company culture and how is it unique to you guys and maybe some of the interesting things that you guys have came up with to help strengthen that? I think the biggest thing that differentiates our culture from a lot of others is that we're really unapologetic about putting our team's happiness at the forefront of why we do what we do and how we do it. And whereas some people might see this as selfish or, you know, sort of unbusinesslike, we actually see it as a competitive advantage and really feel that it's the right thing to do, not only for our team, but for our clients. So we're fully committed to creating a workplace where people look forward to work, they're fulfilled by the work they do. And as a result, we're convinced that our team is going to produce better results for our clients being happy and fulfilled just leads to better work and better work fuels that happiness and fulfillment. So it's really a virtuous cycle. And I think that's really the thing that stands out for me about our culture. And I'm assuming it helps for employee engagement and retention and all those other hardline factors, which we definitely have our pulse on, but they're not in the day to day. Absolutely. You know, the competition for great people is fierce in the technology industry. So that's another way where we feel like we provide an environment where they can, you know, have some autonomy, have some input, know that their voice is heard. It's really all about how to provide the environment for the team to flourish. And we hope that that over the long run turns out to be a really great advantage for us in attracting talent to our company and to the Cedar Valley in general. I'm sure it does. It sounds like a great place to work. What about your female staff? What advice would you give them as they carve out their place in the business world? Or even more, what advice would you give yourself if you could kind of look backwards to say, if only I would have known or if only I would have not have known? 
<laughs> That's a great question. Honestly, I don't know that I'd give women advice any different than I would give a man. But if I were to go back and, and tell myself something valuable, I think it would be just to be yourself and don't compromise yourself or your values just for a job. I spent a lot of years sort of wandering around trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life until I found my way into technology. But I think it's really critical that you find a job that challenges you and makes you want to learn and that you're excited about. Because when you do this, not only do you benefit, but everyone around you benefits. Because that kind of passion and engagement is really infectious. And I think I spent a lot of years really maybe trying to find the thing that other people thought I should do instead of really focusing on on what it was that I was going to find fulfillment doing. I agree. I think I, in the beginning, kind of struggled with that too. I always tell my younger team members that I've had multiple quarter life crises because when I graduated, <laughs> I graduated with a public relations and Spanish major, which was very broad and um, eventually started my own business. But I think part of it was just that learning and, and trying to understand what did I want Right. I mean, not everybody is fortunate enough to know, you know, when they graduate from high school, what they want to be. I don't know that I would necessarily change the experiences I had before I found what I really wanted to do, because, you know, obviously I'm the person I am today because of those experiences. And those are all important and valuable. And I met some great people along the way without question. But, you know, sometimes it just takes people a while to to have the experiences they need to get to where they're supposed to be. And, you know, you can be jealous of those who know, you know, I want to be a doctor, I want to be a teacher, but you never know. Maybe they miss out on some life experiences that would have been valuable for them too. So I, you, you just have to kind of find your way and, and not feel uh, like you have to follow anyone else's path, I think. Agreed. And not give up too, right? I think that's always absolutely. Important. Okay, great. Well, now it's time for a little fun. Excellent. This is our trivia section of our podcast. And a recent article from Entrepreneur Magazine laid out the key to resisting what they called shiny object syndrome, which is basically when someone is so distracted by the world around them that they are forever drawn to something that's new or new people, ideas, stimuli, and I know at times I'm definitely guilty of this, but what this article kind of laid out was how to kind of get a little bit more focus and how to resist that shiny object syndrome. And so what we're going to do today is I'm going to give you a list of four different items and kind of tell you um, some recommendations, and then you have to pick the plant, which one is not right, and then we'll kind of talk about that. All right. So the first one is scheduling new idea time. And this really is the concept of setting aside a block of time every week to address all of your ideas and new things at one point in your day. The second option is enlist a dream killer. Somebody who will poke holes in your new ideas, ask tough questions, and really look for any weaknesses in those ideas so you can help navigate what's just the crazy and what's the actual brilliant new ideas. Another one is to strengthen your focus. So having that predictable work environment where you have like an ego depletion, basically, so that you understand what is happening during kind of your day. 
And then the other is kind of the opposite of that, is varying your workday, where making sure that you have lots of different things going on during the day so that you're constantly stimulated and inspired. Any idea on the plant? I'm going to have to go with the last one. Correct. (laughs) Varying your workday actually is not what they recommend. They really recommend having some sort of a structure, even if it's, you know, kind of blocks of time, because the more that you get pulled into last minute project or busy periods or even... I don't know about you, Kate, but at the end of the day, I've made so many decisions that my brain is just kind of like on coast mode because I've solved a lot of problems leading up, you know, from the start of the day to the end of the day that it's really hard for me to act rationally at at points in the end of the day. I can totally relate to that feeling. On to our next segment. Our next segment is about life hacks. And we talk a little bit about this because there's so many cool technologically advanced things that we're using in our day-to-day lives, whether that's for work, for home, maybe a mix of both. Oftentimes when I'm at conferences or at other events, people are talking about this stuff. There's just a lot of really great tools and apps out there that people are using. We're going to talk about organizational apps today. So think about what is some of your favorite apps to keep you organized? And they could be web applications, they could be uh, mobile apps, or just some tools that you use. One of the ones I found, I think it was last year, was called SaneBox. And I really enjoy this. I try to get down to inbox zero every day, at least getting things so that you're not living in my inbox. This app kind of does learning where if you are CC'd on something, it shoves it into a folder automatically. Or if you have identified it as not urgent, it kind of puts it into a folder. It also sorts out both your news and your bulk email. So it kind of clears you from the distraction of, I have a new email, I have a new email. And so the SaneBox, it's very inexpensive and it actually has worked really well for me and has saved me a ton of time. And more importantly, that shiny object syndrome of, of those distracted emails coming in, you know, every couple of minutes and completely getting me off track. So that's mine. How about you? Do you have some that you use to kind of keep organized on a day-to-day basis? I do. I actually use SaneBox as well and love it. That's a lifesaver in a lot of ways for me. A while ago, I quit taking my laptop to meetings unless I'm asked to because I found it was way too easy to get distracted by those shiny objects and those little email notifications and, oh, I meant to do just this one thing. I can squeeze this in while I'm in this meeting. And I realized I really should be present at that meeting and focus my attention on the people and the subject at hand. So I kind of went non-tech and I went back to a good old-fashioned moleskin notebook for organizing my day-to-day to-do lists and taking notes. So I use a variation on the bullet journal system for organizing that notebook. So that's not so much a tech tool, but I found it's really helped me sort of focus my attention a little bit better. And then I use Trello for keeping track of longer term to do's. That's kind of where my backlog is. And I also use Evernote a lot as my electronic notepad. But one cool tool that not not a lot of people I know have heard about is uh, it's a website and it's called Focus at Will. And you can use it with a timer or without and it will play it has several categories of different kinds of music or background noise, like a, you know, sounds of a cafe or ocean sounds, that kind of thing, or just different kinds of music. And so you can set a timer 
and it will play music for that amount of time and then it will shut off. So it's sort of like if you want to focus on one thing, I've been trying this idea of focusing for an hour and taking a 15 minute break and focusing for an hour and taking another break just to try to help me get more done in less time. And that's a great tool for that. It really helps you tune into what you're supposed to be doing and tune out all the uh, distractions. Wow, I'm going to have to try that one. I feel like I see a lot of those, but I've not heard of that one. And that is definitely something that is appealing. Is it just focus at will.com? Yep. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Kate. We really appreciate your time and sharing with us today. Appreciate you joining us today. Absolutely. I enjoyed it. Thanks for having me. The Technology Association of Iowa is proud to be a uniting force for Iowa's technology community. You can visit technologyiowa.org to learn more about how to get involved. Thank you for listening to this episode.